God first. Your presence in their lives gives them validation. Our children don't need us to be superheroes. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. Men, stand up, be fathers. Welcome to the Inspired Legacy Podcast, Season 1, Episode 9. What is up, fellas? I am Mark Henderson, your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy. If you're a first-time listener, I want to thank you for tuning in today. This show is for you, it's all about you, and it exists for a single purpose, to equip dads just like you with spirit-led knowledge and wisdom in all aspects of life, giving you guys the confidence you need to boldly lead yourselves and your families and discover your true purpose as spiritual leaders in your home. Guys, if you didn't know this about me, I love football. I grew up playing football at school recess uh, in neighborhood yards with my friends, then went on to play in middle school and high school. I just loved the game, and I still love the game. That's why it's crazy to think that I barely talked any football with my next guest. His name is Steve Weatherford. Steve played for 10 years in the NFL, and while playing for the New York Giants, helped his team win Super Bowl 46 against the team everybody loves to hate, the New England Patriots. You remember that game? That was a phenomenal game. Since retiring from the league in 2015, Steve has established himself as a successful entrepreneur and is the host of his own podcast, The Steve Weatherford Show. But most importantly, guys, he's a husband, loving father of five, and a man of deep faith who uses his platform now to reach fathers for the sake of the next generation. And if you didn't know this about the Inspired Legacy, that is exactly what we're all about. So Steve seemed like the perfect fit for the show. And again, I am just super excited about what he has to share with you guys today. So as you're listening, if you feel impacted by what you hear today, chances are that it will impact someone you know. So I would be incredibly grateful if you would take a moment, share this episode with someone you think could relate to Steve's story and his message. You can share it by word of mouth. You can send an email with a link to the show. But I think one of the best ways to share it on is on social media. Uh, you can share it on Facebook or Take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening to it and post it to your Instagram story. Better yet, take a selfie video and tell us what you loved about the show. In either case, tag me on Instagram at The Inspired Legacy and tag my guest. He's at Weatherford5 on Instagram. Tag both of us. Tell us what your key takeaways were. Steve is very active on Instagram. He's got a lot of followers, and I guarantee you that he will see what you post and he will reshare it to his followers, and so will I. And again, uh, these tactics may seem kind of vain to some of you guys, but they're really just meant to help spread the word about the show and everything that we're trying to achieve with the Inspired Legacy. Okay, guys, this is a good one. Buckle up. Here is the Steve Weatherford. Mr. Steve Weatherford, welcome to the Inspired Legacy Podcast. How are you, man? Dude, I am good. I, I'm I'm thankful. Uh, we were just talking off air before you know we we hit record to have the conversation that we're having right now, um, and I really was just asking questions like, who are we going to be serving? Like, 
you know, not necessarily to, to change the direction of what I was going to talk about or how I talk about it, but, but really I just wanted to be super intentional with the time that we, we have today. And, and it's honestly like I'm speaking to the crowd that I am most passionate about serving in, in 2019. And, and that is dads, um, that, that want to build a legacy. And when I used to think about legacy, when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, I remember legacy to me being, being trophies and being accolades Mm -hmm. and, and people almost kind of like, like the gladiator, like you would see statues of them long after they're gone. That's to me what I thought legacy was, you know, like Michael Jordan's got his, um, his statue outside of, uh, the United center in Chicago. Like to me, that's, that's legacy. But the older I've become, um, I'm understanding what legacy like truly means. And dude, I'm just, I'm very thankful that I have the opportunity, um, to talk about that with you and your audience, because man, at the end of the day, you know, we're two dudes from two completely worlds apart. (laughs) You live I live in Southern California where I could like throw a rock at the ocean and it's 72 degrees here every single day. And then, you know, you live out in the middle of like nowhere. God country. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, well, it is the middle of nowhere. There's I'm from the Midwest, man. There's something super majestic about the region that you live in. But my point in, in mentioning all that Mark is, is really, we're after the same thing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We're after the same exact thing every single day when we wake up. And you and I really, aside from that common denominator, really don't have anything in common. But because of that, we have everything in common. So, dude, I'm just really thankful to be here. Well, we're thankful to have you. We're thankful for your time. I know you're super busy. But, yeah, for all the reasons you just mentioned, man, I'm just super jacked to have you on today. Uh, not just because I'm a huge football fan and the fact that you had an amazing NFL career. Uh, in fact, we're probably not going to get into much football today, but I'm a fan of, you know, now that you had that career and now you've got this platform and the fact that you're using it for God and to reach fathers to help them be all they can be. And that is 100% what the Inspired Legacy is about. And my hope is that through this show and by having guests on like yourself, that we can end up helping dads, you know, unleash their inner lion, so to speak, and discover their true purpose as spiritual leaders in their homes and that they feel equipped to, you know, lead themselves as well as their families against, um, and I'm speaking in general terms here, but against that negative grain of society, so to speak, and towards the higher call of God. And I want, I want to equip men to be meek you know, I think that word gets a bad rap these days, but you know, that, that velvet, velvet covered steel, um, solid foundation that a family can lean on. But at the same time, when it's called for know how to discipline their kids with truth, love and grace and, and not out of anger or frustration that may be put there by the world that we live in. Really when it's all said and done, I want fathers out there to be, you know, able to reach the end of their lives and, and not have any significant um, regret in how they loved and how they led and that each and every one of us is, you know, ultimately leaving a lasting legacy that the next generation can be proud of and, and will be inspired by. So again, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I follow you online and I hear, I've heard you speak and I know that you are a high performer and really everything that you put out there for the world to see. 
Um, but that these days you're focused on, again, charging through life, uh, but at the same time, making sure that you don't lose sight of what matters most, and that's your faith and your family. And so, yeah, I, again, thank you for your time. I want to give our audience a chance to hear how you uh, achieve all of that and how you apply your your high-performance mentality to your family and your faith. But um, before we dive too much deeper, for any guy out there who maybe doesn't know who Steve Weatherford is, um, we need to qualify you a little bit. Steve, you're on a podcast about dads, so give us your dad bio real quick. Oh, man, dude. I don't even know what a dad bio is. (laughs) I've got five five kids. I've got four amazing little girls, and, and I've got a son, my son, is uh 11 years old he's you know, kind of took after his old man a little bit in regards to to athletics you know he's uh very gifted uh, but works very very hard uh he wakes up with me at 4 55 a.m three days a week outstanding you know, i mean what what kind of five-year-olds do that you no know joke. but he's he's just you talk about legacy um i'm not in it for the muscles anymore like i'm i'm in it to to live a lifestyle that I want him to live because yeah. I've I've already made you know I've already set my my family up financially um, to to be comfortable and to have freedoms but I was able to do that with with just routine and with consistency and so that's why my son is 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 living that life he's getting forged in the fire of what it takes to be a pro but he's getting to experience that and it's it's not something that like I make him do. I've always asked him if he ever wants to come with me in the morning and work on an area of his game or to get stronger, to get more flexible, that I will always take you with me. We'll go have breakfast afterwards and then I'll take you to school. And that offer was on the table for two or three years. And about six months ago, he decided to, to grasp that opportunity. And I'll tell you what, man, to see his confidence grow the way that it's growing because he's proud of himself. Not because, you know, he started doing this six months ago and now he's the best in the state of California. There's nothing to do with his comparison against other people. He's just really proud of himself because he knows when he gets out of bed at 4.55 a.m., he's the only little boy that's 11 years old that's doing that. And, and that makes him really proud of himself and it gives him confidence, you know, to go after every other facets of his life because he knows that he already does what other 11 year olds aren't willing to do. Um, so that's my son. And then I've got four little girls. Um, one's name is Carney. She's nine years old and she was actually named after her godfather. And her godfather uh, is a man by the name of John Carney who played in the NFL for 23 years. He's my best friend, godparents to all of my kids. And um, uh, man, I could talk about that guy for, for hours. He's impacted my my life in such an amazing way, especially in regards to fatherhood. So I'm actually going to make that recommendation to to your audience and to you right now. The next person you should interview for this show is a Hall of Fame NFL kicker, my best friend. And, and he'll do the show because he absolutely wants to serve fathers. But that is the best dad that I've ever met in my life. And I have modeled so much of my game after his. Um, not just on the football field, but in his marriage and the way that he parents kids. So um, I would be, I would be not serving uh, my mentor without mentioning a lot of the tactics, a lot of the tools and the, a lot of the come from uh, that I practice in my life. I model after the best in the world. And I'm just so thankful that God placed the best in the world as my NFL kicker um, when I was a rookie and he was in his 18th season. So that's my daughter, Carney. Um, then I've got my daughter, Aurora, AKA Rara. 
She's a social media superstar. She's got, uh, I think when we started her Instagram account, she went from zero to 10,000 followers in three days. And the funny thing is, is I played in the NFL for, I think I was in the NFL for five or six years before I hit 10,000 followers. And my daughter did it in three days. Uh, but she, she's just got a big personality and she's so intelligent. She speaks so well for such a tiny little person. And she says the craziest things. Um, so that's my daughter, Aurora. And then my next is Josie Jacqueline, AKA JJ, AKA Miss Sensitive. She's like me. She's, um, very emotional. She's very sensitive. She's very determined. Um, she's very bold. And her and I really serve amazing. We are an amazing support system for each other because I don't think I've met anybody that enjoys like physical contact and hugs and high fives and smacks on the butt and, um, you know, rubs on the head more than me until I met my daughter. And I think it's my extraordinarily high level of ADHD that, you know, that much tactile stimulus is like almost required by me. I'm a really touchy person. I just, you know, I'll meet you and just put my arm around you. And, you know, I, that's it's normal to me. Mm -hmm. um, so that was socially acceptable in the locker rooms. But she needs that, too. So we're able to support each other with lots of snuggles. <laughs> and that's my JJ. And then my youngest is um golden grace aka baby goldie and uh she is almost 16 months she was born on december 27th and she is the strongest baby that i've ever met in my life and also the the biggest baby my, my son to give you scale i was five foot three when i was in eighth grade my son is five foot three in fifth grade. Oh wow! Um, so he's he's going to be a lot bigger than me. I mean, five three in fifth grade is a big kid. Yeah, five three five three in sixth grade is a big kid. He's huge and he's really really athletic. But my daughter Goldie, on the growth chart, has been ahead of him in every single category, and she's just like I can just tell she's an extraordinary athlete. Her her strength and her eye hand coordination and foot coordination, ability to climb. She can hang from monkey bars for like 10 seconds and she's 15 months and she's a freak. So that's my daughter Goldie. <laughs> and I've actually had visions and dreams given to me from God consistently for like five years that I'm gonna have a daughter that's gonna that's gonna hold her country's flag up. And I keep seeing this guy with white hair and a straw hat put this gold medal on my daughter's neck. And that's the reason that we named her golden grace because that, that will happen. I'm not going to force it to happen. I will make opportunities for it to happen. Uh, but I've had that vision and that dream for my daughter and it might not even be golden. It might be one of my other daughters, but I've had, I've been having visions for a very long time. That's that that's going to happen in my life. And, and, and it's awesome because like my home, I've built like an NFL locker room. Um, it like there's culture in NFL locker rooms, there's culture in homes, there's expectation levels in NFL locker rooms, there's expectations in my home, you know, there's, you know, there's cardinal sins in an NFL locker room, there's cardinal sins in my home, um, you know, there's a place for rowdy rough time in an NFL locker room, the same in, in, in my home. And so I've created so many different dynamics from my experiences in NFL locker rooms that made 
that made good great and made great legendary. And I've taken bits and pieces from all the different NFL locker rooms that I've been in and bits and pieces from all the different NFL coaches that I've had and teammates that I've had, you know, like John Carney, I've taken bits and pieces from all the amazing fathers in my life. I've taken bits and pieces from all these different entrepreneurs in my life. And honestly, like the reason I'm successful, the only reason you want to have me on my show, the only reason I've been on magazine covers or won Super Bowls or, you know, had massive seven figure um, business launches and all these different amazing things that like, honestly, I can't believe that they happened to me even now is I, I just take all these different gifts from all these different people and I put it into a melting pot and I, I discipline those character traits into my life and I'm getting the same fruits of the, of the people that I modeled myself after and it's it's extraordinary how important mentorship is and has been in my life. And it and it hasn't just been from my father. But I'll tell you what, man, I could be dead or in jail. And I know people say that a lot, but I could be dead or in jail. But instead, God is God has placed men in my life that have allowed me to live into live in a house that's big enough for me to lose my kids in and and drive amazing cars and and bless people financially through my charitable foundation. Like all the amazing stuff that I've been able to do, it so easily could have gone the other way. Mm -hmm. So before we get into questions, I actually this just made me think about it because I felt like for the last five minutes, I just talked about how awesome I am and the different stuff that I've done. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to balance it out because I think with all the the really cool stuff that I've done, I want to share some people, some things with some some people on on this show that I shared for the very first time in my life on social media yesterday. Sans, I had this conversation with my wife, um, but this is what I wrote. Okay. This is 11, 11 things I don't want anybody to know about me. It's so easy to sit behind the phone and spout off accomplishments and accolades and race times or things to impress people who see it, but that's what everybody does. And I notice myself actually being less attracted to achievers on social media and more attracted to authentic influencers. So I'm challenging myself right now to share some things about myself I'm ashamed of, things that once caused me to hate myself, things I wish I could take back, erase, or hide from everyone, but that would that would continue to hold me back and it would continue to also rob the opportunity for somebody out there reading this that has currently has the, the same struggle that I may have overcome. It robs that person of being able to achieve a connection or a relatability to me or my personal journey. So this is the list of 11 things that, that I had never shared publicly before and, and 11 things that at one time during my life that, that I like I was ashamed of or I hated myself for. So the first one is I started shaving my arms and legs when I was 16 because I was embarrassed. Everyone was more mature than me and I couldn't grow in quotations or yeah, in quotations, man hair. <laughs> so that one's a little <laughs> bit playful, but it was dude, it was something that I was ashamed of. Right. So it gets a little bit more serious with number two. Um, I was physically addicted to oxycodone, a.k.a. Percocet, for over 1.5 years. I had a serious gambling addiction. I once lost $23,000 in one night. I've been in nearly 50 fist fights. I've been handcuffed 11 times. I got a DUI when I was 21 years old for driving 107 and a 55 with a friend in the bed of my truck. I've done cocaine on more than one occasion. I smoked weed every day for over a year. I cheated my way through the University of Illinois. I cheated on my girlfriend, now wife, when we were in college more than one time. 
I spent thousands of dollars on different forms of therapy. I am not what happened. I am who I decide to be in this moment. Own your and learn from it. Leave your past in your past. Thanks for the therapy session, friends. So that was something that I was able to kind of like go outside of, not kind of. That was something that I knew was going to be a big step for me to to share those things publicly because honestly, it's really nobody's business. Those things that I shared, it's it's nobody's business. But when I make it other people's business, it gives them an opportunity to connect themselves to me or my story. And if they can connect themselves to me or my story, the places that I'm going to go in my life are going to force them to change their life habits. So if they're connected to me, that that means the life that I live and the things that I do and the friends that I have, that's possible for them. So if they can connect with me on any of those 11 things, if you can connect to me on any of those 11 things, my life and much, 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 much more is possible for you. I am not deserving of my life. I'm not deserving of, of eternity in heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, but when you decide, when you get serious with yourself, when you decide that you deserve more in life, you do more in life. And I've been at that place since I was 14 years old. And I've made so many of mistakes um, that I'm ashamed of or that I hated myself that I just shared, you know, with, with the audience and with people on Instagram. But that's my story. And when people can connect to your story, people can connect to possibility that they see in you. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that because I spent like five minutes rattling off all the cool stuff that I've done. But I want people to know um, during, you know, all of those cool things that people see on TV. Dude, behind the curtains, man, I was struggling. I was beaten. I was broken. And I was just trying to complete myself with things outside of myself. And now I'm at a place in my life where I'm not ashamed of those things anymore. I've overcome those things by the grace of God in my life. And I, I, I people, people need to hear that story. Absolutely, man. And thank you so much for being vulnerable on this podcast and on this episode. And you're absolutely right. That list, every single thing that you mentioned, there's somebody listening right now that can relate to one of those or maybe more. And I think it's just a great reminder that every single one of us has done something in our past that we're not proud of, that we wish we could take back, and that probably haunts us to this day. And I know that, you know, and I'm speaking for myself, there's things that I've done or said that, again, haunt me and to a degree weigh on me and probably influence how I feel and view myself. And I I know that that gets um, reflected or I should say projected to my kids and the way I treat them and to my wife, the way I treat her and think about them. And so it's just a good reminder that we are not a product. I don't know if I'm saying this right. We're not a product of our actions, right? Like, like we are, we are not our result. We are not our past. Like, yes. I, I think for me, the, and I, I hope this helps frame it. I know exactly what you're saying, but I've, I've been thinking about this and speaking about this a lot lately is detaching yourself from the result, like being able to detach yourself from your actions. Because we, see, we we hear all these quotes like, you are what you repeatedly do. No, you are, you are who you decide to be in that moment. Your actions are your actions, and you have to be accountable and have integrity for your actions. But at the same time, when you make mistakes, 
having the mindset that I that I am my result. Like you are not you you are not your income. You are not the car you drive. You are not the house that you live in. You are not the friends that you have. You are who you decide to be. And the more often you decide to step up to the expectations of who you you see yourself becoming, the more consistently you can represent that person. It's kind of like, you know, getting into a bunch of fist fights. Like at first you, you get into fist fights because you're defending yourself. And then maybe you get into fist fights because you're trying to prove something to yourself. And so you're constantly, you know, going into uncomfortable situations and these different fist fights because you want to try to, you know, to, to be a badass. But what you don't realize is after, you know, 20, 30, 40 fist fights, you're not trying anymore. You are that. So it's like, it's kind of a crude analogy for becoming a better person, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to aim. I had to aim to try to replicate the character traits that John Carney, that I see, I saw him showcase every single day, the respect that he would give the, the people that would fix us breakfast in our, in the saints facility when I was a rookie the respect that he gave those people blew me away that somebody so successful and somebody, you know, somebody so well known and, and all these things that were just like mind blowing to me that he'd done in his life and the respect that he gave the janitors that, that would come in after practice was over and, and pick up all the towels off of the ground. He never let a janitor pick his towel up off the ground and throw it in the hamper. He always did that. And he would pick up other guys' towels because that was his way of showing respect, love, and support to Miguel, the guy whose job that was. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was blown away by that. And so the point to kind of like tie this all together is you don't have to know you're a good person to try to start to live your life with integrity live your life with honor, live your life with accountability. Like you don't have to say, I'm going to be accountable today and then expect perfection. It's just not going to happen. And when you're attached to your result and you continually fail at being accountable from a, from a psychology standpoint, it just doesn't work for people. It didn't work for me. Like, yeah, it drove me to achieve a lot of great things in my life, but I was also medicating myself with gambling, with sex, with drugs, with just like anything outside of myself, because my relationship with myself was so toxic because I was so attached to my result. So you can win all the trophies in the world, but unless the relationship you have with yourself is, is a good one, you're never going to be happy. So I was always searching for things outside of myself to make myself feel more whole. So let me ask you this, having heard that list of 11 things that you've done and knowing that you, um, you know, you talked about, you're not the, the result of your actions though. It's probably, and I think a lot of people fall into this trap. It's a lot, it's easy to, um, allow your identity to be tied up into those things that you do. I know that you are, you're a believer now and your identity is in Christ, but at what point wasn't that the case? That's a good question. I always knew. And and that's the shame and the guilt part of me sharing this is that I don't, I don't need to, or have to, to carry that around anymore. And, and I was complete before sharing that on Instagram. Like I was complete with myself, like everybody that knows me and loves me and and was affected by any of these things. We've had conversations and we've prayed and, and, and we've received healing, asked for and received healing in those different areas. But 
if if me kind of being bold as a lion, because that was our, our sermon um, this last Sunday, was about being bold as a lion and taking courageous steps, not just for yourself. It's easy to take courageous steps towards your goal, but what about being bold as a lion in in an area that doesn't serve you? John Carney picking those towels up off the floor for Miguel didn't serve him. He was serving Miguel. So, you know, I kind of take that to heart and did some self-reflection yesterday. And I noticed the last four or five days on social media, I was talking about the lead up to this half marathon that I did on Sunday. And it was all about, you know, all the hard work. I was, you know, sharing all these motivational videos of all this hard work that I was doing to get my 247 pound body ready to run 13.1 miles. And then after I did it, I ran like a 759 split on 13 miles. It just had an incredible performance. I was so proud of it because I worked so hard. And I talked about that for like another two days on social media. <laughs> and then I heard that sermon on Sunday. And and I knew if I was able to go to a place that was uncomfortable for me, but it was in service to other people, I knew that that was going to inspire and and attract the types of people that I can serve. because they're going to be attracted to somebody that they can relate to and people can't relate to winning super bowls people can't relate to you know some of the physical things that i can do because i've you know i've trained my body to do those things and so it's not relatable but those 11 things that i share are like my deepest darkest secrets so if i'm able to go to an un- uncomfortable place in order to connect with you you're you're going to listen to me mm-hmm. because I'm I'm giving you a gift by honestly like for lack of a better word like making myself look bad but in turn you actually end up respecting somebody who's willing to go there in service of others because you know I have um you know a very successful digital marketing company um and a supplement company those things that I just shared don't help you build that business. Right. Right. You know, the, those are not things that you're like, Oh, this guy has a supplement company and he cheated his way through college. Like that doesn't help me. But at the end of the day, I wasn't put on this earth to build, you know, a hundred million dollar supplement company. I was put on this earth. I was put on this earth to serve. And, and if, if me going and, and sharing those things negatively impacts my businesses, but I feel complete and I feel bold and I feel courageous and I'm serving other people. God will, God will provide. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was that decision to do that, but to see all the direct messages that I've received on Instagram in the last 24 hours since I've shared that has, and I knew it was going to, I knew, I knew there were going to be people that could connect to some of those things, but I didn't think that it was going to be as, um, as big as, as what it was, but I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that going out in an uncomfortable position like that was like so quickly, um, I got, I got a sign that, that it was the right thing to do almost immediately by, you know, people's comments and direct messages, but I was scared to death to hit post. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure you were, but I have no doubt that I'm not surprised at all that, that people resonated with that because, you know, it's easy to put up a nice shiny, um, facade on social media, but people can really appreciate the fact that you're willing to let your guard down and be vulnerable and, and, um, show your, your skeletons in your closet, so to speak, cause everybody's got them, right? Everybody's going through something. And so, like you said, um, people can relate to that. 
Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second here and tell you about my free parenting guide called Nine Ways to Be a Better Dad. In more than 23 years of being a parent of both boys and girls, I have learned a ton of lessons. Of course, hindsight is always 2020, but looking back, I now know exactly what worked and what didn't. And I want to share these lessons with you. I have compiled nine game-changing parenting tips backed by biblical truths that will help you and your kids focus on three critical areas of life, principled living, strong and healthy relationships, and discovering true purpose. You can download a PDF version of this free guide by visiting theinspiredlegacy.com slash join. Again, that's theinspiredlegacy.com slash join, or look for the link in today's show notes. Either way, guys, be sure to get your free copy today. Switching gears here just a little bit, I know, like I said, uh, leading into our our, uh, conversation here, you're a hard-charging guy, and I've heard you say um, online somewhere that, you know, you, quote-unquote, assault your goals. And so, (laughs) and I love that, I love that, that phrase, that mentality, but how has that translated, that mentality, uh, translated and impacted your faith life what is your what's your daily spiritual routine well well i also want to mention this but before we get into my spiritual routine which i i would love to share is you were talking about uh, assaulting and and that that really is my mindset you know it's like a tunnel vision mindset i'm like right here right now in this 90 minutes this is it and it's it's a very intense approach to creating momentum, to, you know, getting work done, but it doesn't always apply to, you know, just, uh, you know, business stuff or, you know, NFL stuff or weight room stuff. Like I, I assault my marriage. I have such, such a hyper intense focus on, on my marriage. And I have for, for all of 2019. So it's not just, it's not just those things. Like I assault my relationship with my son because two years ago it wasn't in a good place. And and I realized that that was a place that I need to, sh- to show up more powerfully as a father for him. And so I assaulted that. And there were some ups, there were some downs. I said things I shouldn't have. I tried to do things that I shouldn't have. Dude, there's not a booklet for this. You know what I mean? You just <laughs> yep. you keep loving them and and you fail forward. And and I'm very transparent with my son. I'm like, hey, buddy, listen, I had a I had a good dad, but there were things that that you know the ways that I was parented that I, I don't think were were right. So I'm trying to do the best thing for for you, knowing what's best for you and, and praying about it. And I'm not perfect. And it was really when I had that conversation with my son where I said, I'm not perfect, but I'm just doing the best that I can the, the best that I can. And when I said that to him and I was really just transparent with him and it was the first time I think he probably heard me have a tonality of like, I am not the absolute power. I don't know it all. And it was the first time I like humanized myself with my son mm-hmm. and and he's been so much more open to my parenting and, and, and my coaching. And when I say coaching, I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about, you know, coaching him in integrity, coaching him in honor, coaching him in accountability. And my relationship has, has shifted in such a special way 
with my son in the past six months, especially since we've been been able to have that 90 minutes together training um, before school because nobody's up, like nobody's on the road. He can listen to whatever he wants to in the radio. His sisters aren't crying in the background. Like, you know what I mean? Like life is not really happening at 5.15 a.m. And, you know, that's why I, I like to get my meditation and my prayer in first thing in the morning. And then the first thing, the first human I get to see in the morning Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is my son. You know what I mean? Talk yeah. about really being able to shape and mold a person's mentality and do it when nobody's around and there's no distractions. You can really just pour yourself into your son and in, in service and, and showing up for him how he needs you to show up for him, not how you think you need to show up for him. Like ask your son, yeah, you know, how could I be a better dad for you? Like we're, we are not absolute power, man. Right. Like this is, a, this is a team thing. When I had a coach in an NFL locker room and I knew there was a certain way that I was going to respond to better than the way that he was trying to coach me, you know, in a very respectful manner, I would say, Hey coach, you know what? If we can tweak this, I, I know I can meet and exceed your expectations. And every single time we were able to have that gentleman agreement I surpassed because I was making a powerful declaration for where I needed support. And so I'm building that same relationship that I had with Tom Coughlin. I had a special, special relationship with that man, but I had the greatest, I had the greatest four years of my 10 year NFL career playing for that man. And it had everything to do with my comfortability and my faith in my coach. Mm-hmm. And you, th- that's why you saw us win a Super Bowl. It wasn't because we had the most talented team. We barely met the salary cap that year. Like we were, we didn't have great, great players. We had a great team. And so that's what I'm trying to build in my family. And how am I going to build that by replicating the great fathers and the great, the great influencers and the great leaders that I've had in my life. And so, um, yeah, dude, it's just, it's fun because I'm actually able to share those stories now because I have time in retirement because, you know, dude, I, I feel like I feel pretty confident that if, if I, if I went hyper-focused on getting back into like NFL shape, like, dude, I could play in 2019, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I really am as crazy as it sounds. It's just, I, I love having conversations like this. I don't think going back to the NFL would really like, serve a divine purpose in my life. But I feel like having these conversations with men that want to be in service, you know, to the next generation, dude, it's, it's not about getting to the kids. Like that's not my motivation. I don't want to get to the kids. I want to get to the fathers and let those fathers get to the kids. I want to help fathers break generational curses of poverty. I want to help fathers break generational curses of verbal abuse. I want to help fathers break generational curses of scarcity. I want to help fathers break generational curses of self-limiting beliefs. Like you are not your zip code. You can level up anytime you decide that you want to level up. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of fired up, but that, I mean, like, how cool is that? How cool is it? I said at the beginning of the show, how cool is it that we can sit here and have a conversation and the people that consume the conversation that we're having are people that want it. Yeah. I want to serve people that want it. Amen, brother. Amen. I love all that. And a uh, quick side note, I did appreciate your April Fool's post about going back into the NFL. That was... Uh, how good was that? <laughs> you had a lot of people going. <laughs> and so the thing was, is I wanted to set it up. So I posted on Saturday a video of me and my son punting because he actually asked me, like, 
two weeks before that if he if he could learn how to punt. So I've been going out with him. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to post a video of me punting on Saturday, knowing that April Fool's is on Monday. <laughs> so then when I post something, people won't think it's April Fool's because they just saw me punt two days before on Instagram. And so I posted a tweet of Adam Schefter, and it said something along the lines. I forget what it is exactly I wrote, but I Photoshopped it. It was Adam Schefter's tweet that said, you know, per a league source, the the Giants to work out uh, retired punter <laughs> yeah. Steve Weatherford, yeah. 36 years old. And then the caption below, it said something like NFL's fittest athlete coming out of retirement or something. Yeah, it, it, lo- it looked sure. legit. <laughs> it looked legit. It was funny. It was good, dude. I think I I think I had like 17, like that was my biggest post that I've had engagement wise on social media in I don't know, probably maybe ever. I had like 18,000 likes and 2,000 comments or something crazy <laughs> in like 24 hours. But it was cool because people uh, people left some good comments and then some of the people that got fooled by it, 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 it felt good to see people excited about me making a comeback. I don't want to do it, but it, it did kind of bring back the – the, the feeling of people like really loving you for a skill that you perform for a team that they love. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. People want to see you kick the ball again. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I love cool. your, it was a cool feeling. I love your thoughts on assaulting things outside of business and sports because mm-hmm. I, that was kind of the angle I was taking there is that I think that by and large, too many dads um, are, they fall into this complacency routine, whether it's their marriage or their relationship with their kids where they just kind of, you know, they go to the, go to work, come home, have dinner. And that's just kind of the routine. And they don't, they're not intentional with the time they spend at, at home, how they, what they focus their attention on and how they expel their energy as it relates to the relationships that are most important to them. And I think that, like you said, um, taking that assault mentality and applying it to those things that are most important in life is, mm-hmm. is what we're kind of missing. If you think about it like this, like you're, you're a dad. And it's so easy for you to start to start to accept what society has created as hashtag dad life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you watch these TV shows and, you know, all of these different TV shows have a very, very, very similar portrayal of the dad. Like things that, you know, stereotypically dads aren't good at. Like and and generationally we accept that like oh dad's like yeah dad's dad's just can't do this or dad's can't or dad's shouldn't change diapers or you know they create all these different stereotypes for us and then we accept them so when when dads they get married and that's new for you so it's kind of like how am i supposed to act when i get married we get that from society too you get that from tv and you get that from you know the the different um, the quippy things that's, you know, well, it's kind of like with, with, um, with women, like, oh, women are, are always late. So then women start to feel like, well, it's not that big of a deal because I'm a woman. So then I can be 10 minutes late consistently, like w- in regards to needing, you know, being done with your makeup or whatever. And so we create all these different things and then we just accept them. So dads accept that they can let their body look like other dads. Yeah. And so we just, we lose motivation and we lose that mindset that helped us get that woman that we wanted to spend the rest of our life with. Cause we're like, Oh, we have them now. And so we just, we accept, we accept too many fathers accept 
that they don't have a good relationship with their daughter. They accept that they're going to be overweight. They accept that they're going to be tired most days. They accept that they're going to make $85,000 a year. They accept that they're, you know, they can only afford to live in this neighborhood. They accept, they accept, they accept, they accept, because there's two types of dads. Mm -hmm. There's producers and there's consumers. People that are constantly accepting, you're just going out there and punching the ticket and receiving what life gives you. Producers are going out and they're creating. Where there's not opportunities, they create opportunities. And the only way you can continue to create opportunities and create finances and create love and create support and create safety and create all these different things in your life is if you're up and you're active because luck will always favor the bold. And bold don't sit around and think. Bold don't sit around and and look at Instagram for inspiration. They look at their kids and they go out there and they create for their family. So don't be a consumer, be a producer, be an action taker, be bold as a lion. Amen, brother. So as guys, guys are, you know, we're doers, right? We need, we like action. Uh, but a lot of guys struggle with, okay, how do I actually put see, this? See, into- you just did it. I, I, I don't want to interrupt this cold question, but you just did it. You just said <laughs> we're, 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 we're action takers. We are though. All, all men aren't action takers there's thinkers out there there are you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of thinkers there's a lot of procrastinators like it's good to generalize men as doers but all men aren't doers we're all capable of being doers and action takers and bold as a lion and we have this stereotypical you know image of like an alpha male and that's the guy that takes action that's the guy that's bold as a lion but there's a lot of people out there like it's almost kind of like a slap in the face to people like you and I that are action takers that are putting out podcasts, not really knowing what we're doing, but we have a message to send yeah. and we want to be heard and we want to be in service. We're taking, we're taking ground. We're taking territory because we're, we're failing forward, but you've got other guys that will just sit around and watch and consume and accept. Like, why would you ever accept the life that you have right now if you're not fully and completely fulfilled. And if you are fully and completely fulfilled, hey, good on you. Teach me. Yeah. Because my fulfillment comes from the opportunity creations. Like, I love it. I love knowing that I'm going to be so much farther ahead. I'm going to be such a stronger person. I'm going to be a more vulnerable person. I'm going to be a more empathetic person. I'm going to be a more generous person tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, because I'm doing my best to become what I surround myself with. Because I, if I am not that consistently, the people in my circle are instructed to call me out on it. Because I'm not my best coach. I've always needed an NFL coach in my life. And now I've built a support system where all of the people that I allow in my inner circle are allowed and encouraged to coach me. Yeah. It's just a good and, reminder. And, we all need mentors in our life. Right. And I do. And that's what you and I are trying to do. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So I did cut you off. I did cut you off when I went into the stereotypical, but please ask that question. No, schooled on my own podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not schooling no, no, you. It's no, just like, no, I just, it's a good you're point. You're wrong for doing it. It's just, that's, we, we all do it. I've done it a million times. Yeah. But it's, isn't it so, so crazy how we don't even really think about how often we have created societal norms. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So for those guys out there who are looking for practical takeaways that they can apply to their life, 
before we run out of time here, I did want to give you a chance to kind of talk about uh, a tool that you've put in place in your life. And I think it's, you refer to it as your personal contract. Oh yeah. yeah. Talk about that a little bit. So, so this is, this has been something I've kind of, I've created and implemented into my life that has really made me, it has really assisted me in, in creating a relationship with myself that I'm so proud of. I've never been proud of myself and I've done some really cool things, you know, like I bragged about it earlier on the show for 10 minutes (laughs) and I've done some really amazing things in my life, but I've, I was never to the point where I was proud of myself because I was expecting like some light to go off inside of me that, that, that was, you know, like you're at Dave and Buster's and this light goes off that like you won and like, you're finally here, but that never happened to me. And so it would be like goal after goal, after goal, after goal, after goal that I would try to get to. And I would get to almost all of them because I was, you know, I was so maniacally obsessed with getting to them because my whole relationship with myself was based upon my next achievement. And so it wasn't until I really got clear with myself on like, what's really going to make me happy in life. What's going to fulfill me consistently that like what I, I needed it to be something within myself, because if I put that, that power of whether or not I'm happy outside of myself, then I give away all of my power because you can't influence or manipulate something outside of yourself because it's it is what it is other people and other things and environment can influence it but if it's inside of myself i'm in full control and so i really just wanted to create a relationship with myself that i was proud of the man that i am when i brushed my teeth i that guy right there he showed up today he showed up as a father he showed up as a leader he showed up as a husband in a powerful way for his wife when she needed him most i want to be that guy and so I, I said, oh, well, how do I do that? So I, I pictured the, 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 my ideal version of myself. And, and that man has three character traits. And I've actually mentioned them earlier in the show. It's funny you asked that question. Is integrity, honor, and accountability. So my whole life has been about doing things, you know, doing football, doing weights, doing a half marathon, you know, doing business, doing speaking and, you know, doing charity, doing church. It was actions, but actions never fulfilled me. So you can't, you can't go out and, and, and do integrity. You have to be integrity. You can't go out and do honor, but you can be honorable You can't go out and do accountability, but you can be accountability. So my point being is my goal was to be something. My goal every single day is to be something. I want to be a man of integrity, honor, and accountability. And if at the end of the day, I can look myself in the mirror when I'm brushing my teeth for the second time before I go to bed, (laughs) I can ask myself, was I a man of integrity, honor, and accountability today? And if I say yes, man, that was a day, that was a dang good day. And if I didn't, and, I, and if I can't say that, then I got some work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, from a decision-making standpoint, it made my life so much more simple because if I have a decision to make, you know, something simple, like a, the alarm clock goes off. What does a man of integrity, honor, and accountability do? Well, if he said he was going to get up at 430 because he's committed 
to working out with his son at five, a man of accountability, snooze. He would get up, get himself out of bed because a man, to me, operates very similar to the way a pro operates. A great dad operates the same way a pro, and it's the difference between a dad and a father. Mm. A dad makes decisions based upon what he's committed to. A father makes decisions upon how he's feeling. A father is going to smack the snooze button because he's tired. He is feeling tired, so he smacks the snooze button. A dad, a man of integrity, honor, and accountability, when the alarm clock goes off, he gets up because he is not concerned with how he is feeling. He's making a decision based upon what he's committed to. He's committed to working out with his son at 5 a.m. So he gets up. So if you can get to the point in your life where you make decisions based upon what you're committed to, not what you're feeling like, your whole world is going to change. Mm-hmm. And so I make decisions based on what I'm committed to, not what I'm feeling like. And so when I have a decision to make, would a man of integrity, honor, and accountability do this? And if my answer is yes, then I get to make my decision. And if my answer is no, obviously I move on to the next idea. So those are two things that have really massively shifted my life. And it's not a magic pill and it's not a magic powder. But if you practice that and you can get to the point where you only make decisions on commitments and not feelings, the world the world will open up to you. Um, and it's opened up to me in a powerful way. And I haven't had to do it by building a toxic relationship with myself and, and really super gluing myself to the result. I've been able to detach myself from the result and really, really hyper focus on my decision making, commitments versus feeling, and living in that contract of integrity, honor, and accountability. Life ain't so hard, man. Yeah, man, that is powerful. I love that approach. Just the simple tactic of writing those things down, getting them on paper, black and white, so you can very mm. literally hold yourself accountable to those things. And the the point you made about feelings, you're absolutely right. We cannot trust our feelings as if we do think about it if you feel like eating that piece of cake and you and you base your decisions based on how you feel you're gonna eat that cake if you see that let's get a little bit more real let's say you, you go to dinner with your buddies and you guys have a couple drinks you know 9 30 10 o'clock dinner's done you can head over to the bar to have another beer you know what you know what you do if a girl walks up to you that's exactly where i was going yeah you? yep you know what i mean yep you can't trust your feelings. Well, what are you going to do? You 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 want to be with that woman. I don't care how much you love your wife. I love my wife. But if I make decisions based upon feeling, I'm going home with that check every single time. But my commitment is to my wife and to my family. So, you know, it's this when I was in college and I shared that, you know, that I I was, I cheated on my wife in in college before we got married. Like I was making decisions based upon feeling, drinking alcohol, not thinking well, and just making decisions. And that's why people do silly stuff when we drink is because we we dampen that part of our mind that that is reason and is commitment. We shut that off. And that's why things happen when you drink and when you do drugs. And I have a lot of experience doing both to get spiritual here for a second. I mean, if you think about the three parts that make up our being, you know, we're spirit, we're soul and we're a body. 
our feelings reside in our body and and the devil knows that and he just plays those like a harp and he knows exactly what knows to play to get us to do the wrong things all based yeah, on those feelings. Your devil might be playing a harp, dude. Mine's playing a bass drum. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Oh. <laughs> well, man, I know. I got, I got some dark spaces in my mind, brother. <laughs> Um, I know it's at the end of the work day for you and you've got a family to get back to. I want to be respectful of your time so you can get back and, and be that great dad that you want to be you, before we let you go. Um, it's a question I ask all my guests and we've kind of danced around this concept of legacy. It's what our whole show, our whole platform is based on. But when you hear the phrase, an inspired legacy, when you leave an inspired legacy, what does that mean to you? What is your definition of an inspired legacy? Ah, man, that's such a good question. When I see the word or hear the word inspired, like the root of the word is, is in spirit. Um, so for me, like that's, that's really the part of me that I want to live on is, I mean, I'm sitting in my office right now and I have a Lombardi trophy sitting in my office. That's so, so cool. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like it's dude, it's, it, it is so cool. But to me, like that, that trophy, the Super Bowl ring, the the house, the all the, the cool stuff, right? Yep. That stuff is gonna rust. It's yep. it's gonna be worth nothing one day. Yep. I want the the spirit of the man that I'm that I'm able to create, the the man that like chases Christ relentlessly through uncomfortability, but but every single time my name is called, like when I felt called during Sunday sermon. When I felt called to share the things that I shared on Instagram yesterday, like my prayer is that my legacy is Steve Weatherford did everything God called him to do. Everything. Like relentless. No matter what. Like he he ruined his supplement company because he admitted to, you know, to cheating through college. Like if that's my legacy, like I want to be known for being like relentlessly obedient to his word and my calling. Um that's my inspired legacy and, and loving hard, man. I want to be, I want to be remembered as, as the most loving person and, and obedient person. I haven't always been obedient, but I'm in a season of my life where I, I've really been able to connect to obedience and its favor in my life. And, and so that to me is, it's my inspired legacy. And that's what I hope to leave my kids with when when they hear my last name it's not it's not steve weatherford super bowl champion anymore it's steve weatherford you know obedient warrior for christ and if that's how i'm remembered dude i won like when i was my feet were on planet earth i won that is awesome and that is exactly what i would expect to hear steve weatherford say that is outstanding thanks man Man, I appreciate your. That's a great. That's a really good question, man. That was like it's kind <laughs> of almost like you don't want to answer it because you don't want to answer it wrong. So I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, it's it's. Don't think about it. Just just answer the question. It's deep, and you probably give a different answer every time you're asked. Yeah, it's... you're you're right. But like in this moment right now, man, I'm just I'm I'm seeing so many things flourish in my life. Just like and it hasn't been me doing things. It's just me being like obedient. And, and accountable to, to what I say I'm going to do and, and who I say I'm going to be. I've, I'm just, it, I, I'm in that season, dude, like obedience is, is maxing, maxing out my life right now. It's, I'm, I'm so thankful. 
Well, thank you for being obedient. And I take it from me, you, the age that your kids are in right now, so impressionable and they are soaking in everything that you're doing right now. So keep at it. You're, you're setting in a, an outstanding example for your, for your kids. And thank you for your vulnerability with us here today and, and the platform and the way you're using it out there. Um, I know you got a lot of irons in the fire before we let you go share with the audience, everything you've got going on from a, a business standpoint and where people can keep up with you online. I'm not here to sell things. So just follow <laughs> me, follow me on social media. Um, I am, I'm actually making some changes in my business right now. That's going to take me out of a management position and allow me to do what I'm really passionate about doing. And, and that's creating content and engaging and connecting and speaking. Um, so yeah, if I have any, I've got two requests, actually, I would love for you to message me on Instagram. Um, if you enjoyed this and, and I would love, because I know we talked about so many different things. I would love to know. Um, what your your number one takeaway was and one thing that you would like to hear more about because I don't you know kind of like kind of like when I was uh, explaining to you Mark about my relationship with with Tom Coughlin and how he was able to create a comfortable enough space for me to to tell him what I needed to be my best like that's my request of your audience right now is you know tell me Tell me what you want to know more of, um, because I want to get better at sharing it. And um, that would be it, man. It's at Weatherford Five on you know on all the social media platforms, um, but Instagram direct message is going to be the place where where I will. I am very I am committed um, to answering people back in direct messages. So I don't like if I do a podcast like Ed Milet's podcast. And 30 hours after it came out, I had 2,700 direct messages of people that really connected with the story that I told on that podcast. And, um, and I, it took me a week, but I, I answered every single person because that's feedback for me. That's like God reminding me that I'm doing what he wants me to do. Um, so that, dude, it, it impacted me in a special way. And it reminded me that, that I'm, I'm doing God's work and I actually like it. So, um, it just encouraged me to do more of it. So I would love feedback and direct messages. Follow me on social media and, um, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. We'll get all this in the show notes and yeah. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Mark. Thanks for the opportunity, brother. Well, there you go. That was a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Well, by now you should know the routine. Uh, if you guys took anything away from this episode, again, I hope you will do three things for me. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review on iTunes, and again, share this episode with anybody that you think could benefit from Steve's message. If you guys would like to follow the show online, you can visit theinspiredlegacy.com and you're going to find links to our Instagram and Facebook pages there. And if you guys are looking to keep your axe sharp by surrounding yourself with other like-minded dads, I want to invite each of you to join our free and private Facebook group. Even if you're one of those guys who's not on Facebook, if this is the only reason you ever get on Facebook, it's worth it. You're going to find encouragement, support, accountability, spiritual growth, and a lot of guys that are all after the same thing. There's a link to this group in the show notes of this show. Please check it out. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening. This was a fun one. Remember, subscribe, leave a review, and share our message because I really do believe that when we work together to lift up fatherhood, We're going to change the world one dad at a time. Until next time, live inspired. Inspired.